Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Alternative Facts Podcast, Get Up Kids episode. My name's Chris Payne. I'm a staff writer at Billboard. I host this alternative music podcast every week. This time, we've got a big, long interview, so I'm not going to talk very much. Just going to jump right into this one. This is me talking to Jim Suptic and Matt Pryor of the Get Up Kids, two singer-songwriters of the excellent, long-running emo band, uh, one of my all-time favorites. Put out an EP called Kicker recently on Polyvinyl Records. Check that out. Excellent four-song EP. If you're into their classic stuff, something to write home about those years, I'm sure you'd be into this one. And they've got a full-length on the way. Interesting stuff coming from these guys. They're working on that full-length album now. April 2019 is what they're shooting for. There's some news on the album ahead in this conversation. They reveal the producer of the new album and some other details. Uh, and, and they looked back on their career a lot, too. All the old albums, Jim and Matt reminiscing on the classics, knowing what they know now. So I had a lot of fun doing this, and I hope you enjoy it, too. Here it is, my conversation with the Get Up Kids. there were so many rules to beer pong i played it one time and i just <laughs> boom ding in i win and they're like no you guys <laughs> and i was like no ball cup me win we had you a know, guy like, were you lunging across the table i don't know do you remember you across the line i was drunk and we were playing beer pong That's like some serious rules do you remember the guy th- this guy in dc made a get up kids oh, beer pong table, table like painted laminated and had us all autograph it for like his frat house or something it was insane actually this is cool <laughs> I, I, that's <laughs> there's actually another dude who works here at billboard who would probably put that in his room would probably go crazy for that maybe that's we could be selling those at the merch booth what do you guys have for merch? Because I know you guys have done scarves recently. There's been some cool we did. stuff. What's, yeah, what's the, the merch? We soccer scarves. We were didn't cool, bring the but... soccer scarves because it's too hot. But <clears throat> t-shirts, tanks, uh, beanies. We did bring beanies. We had them on the West Coast. They did not sell well. How are those beanies selling, Carly? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay, we have we four got, left. All right, guys, come out tonight. We got we four beanies left. We pretty much just went left. to the merch store that we have and cleaned it out and we go, did. let's just take what we have. Because who knows? I mean, people might be playing ahead for Christmas presents, right? Absolutely. You never know. We've done coffee mugs. We've done beer koozies. Uh, I don't stickers, think we've ever really pins. done insane things like, like never dolls done or anything. Belt buckles or anything like that. You had a belt buckle? Belt buckle is probably uh that I'm gonna guess that was counterfeit, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stickers, patches, um, iron-ons, iron-ons, that posters, cool. coin. We did a coin. We actually a valueless a coin. coin. Yeah, we started. It's like our own like Bitcoin. We started like get up kid coin. Sure, but duck, it tanked. Coin. It went it went bad real fast. Sorry if you invested in that. <laughs> so. Being on tour now, you know, you guys taking some breaks. You guys have, I'm sure, been involved in much longer tours, maybe tours when you were much younger yes. and you could take things a lot more. What is, what is different about tour right now? How is the tour? What is it like? Um, It's, you know, it's just, I don't want to sound like an, an old man, but it's just physically harder the older you get to, yeah. to be on tour. Like, a little bit, oh, my back, getting up, but... uh. You know, all of us have families now and other commitments besides playing rock and roll music. So we definitely don't tour as long as we used to. I remember like our longest tour, we did 10 weeks straight. That was, we did that's a long time. Six, <clears throat> 65 shows in 70 days. When was that? 99. Okay, that was like. It was like when Something at Home About came out and it was our first tour in a bus. And so we had to justify the expense of a bus by playing every goddamn day. It was awful. It was insane, but we were young and dumb, and we were having fun. Now we're old and dumb, so. This has been over what, like a month and a half or so? Yeah, we did We did West Coast, took a break, now we're doing East Coast, and we got like a, a radio show in Kansas City, playing a fest in Chicago. It's not too crazy. And we've got mm-hmm. a month off, and then we go in the studio. Yeah, tell me about yeah. that. Tell me how the new music is coming. It's rad. Yeah? It's really, it's best stuff we've ever written. <laughs> Good, knock your socks off. I think it's in the like. Con- trying to project confidence. <laughs> yeah, it's in the in the direction of the EP. I think. Okay, I think the cool. EP is a good sort of. I think it'll have a little bit more starting dynamics point. to it yeah. though. Though, like the EP is pretty much just like all bam, 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 and this will probably you know. I mean, can we announce who's doing it now? Can we say who we're, who we're working with? Our contract signed. We're looking we're at like- our label rep- and, and PR representatives. <laughs> I think you can. Okay, okay. We're going to be working with uh, Peter Cadis. Oh, up very in Connecticut. Cool. Oh. He engineered uh, well, On a Wire, well, our record. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that, but I mean, if you don't know who he is, yeah. the other stuff that he's done. He's he worked did. with the National Interpol, Interpol or some of the big ones. People. So yeah. we're very excited. <clears throat> he's a he's a friend, and so it's going to be it's going to be fun. Well, and we the whole story is that like he was the engineer on On a Wire, huh? <laughs> and uh, there was another producer on it, and. <clears throat> I'm apparently a bit groggier than I thought I was. I have a, kind of like a sexy cold voice. <laughs> but so the idea is like we both feel like we want to like kind of not that I hate that record, but it didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to. And so this is kind of like kind of getting to do a do over and like have something to prove. And I just I don't know. I think it would be really good. And there's a kicker table in the basement. That's true. That we bought. When we made on a wire, so we get to play foosball downstairs. That's it's all full circle, man. Cool, and it, 
you mentioned that it's going to generally be following on the sound of Kicker. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty distinctly different sound from the On a Wire sound. Yeah, well, On a Wire was specifically intended to be distinctly different because it was like trying to, you know, it's going to be a rock be creative. It's going to be a loud rock record. Okay. Uh, the songs are, I don't know, they're good. The demos were started. We still we. We still have a lot of work to do. Let's just say I think that, it, it'll need to have at least some dynamics, though, like a you know maybe a ballad or two, and it just I don't know if ten to twelve songs of all songs that are that fast will be that interesting. It needs to flow a little bit more, but it'd be primarily a rock record. Very cool. So do you do you have songs written already? Or are you playing something maybe like <clears throat> unreleased now on the tour that's going to be on the album? Uh, no, we've got 14, like, loose, well, ve- in various stages of, of development. Some of them are, like, songs that Jim had written all the way, th- Jim or I had written, like, all the way through. Some of them are just, like, sort of jammed out, jammed out sort of, like, concepts that I s- still need to write lyrics to and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, and then, like, this one just haunting piano ballad that James wrote, Ooh. and it was just... Ooh. <laughs> So far, it's just called the bummer because <laughs> it, it's a it's a sad song. Even as an instrumental, it's a sad it's, song. It's all those sad chords. Well, so. you're gonna have to come to bat for some lyrics for that one. Oh, I got you. Gotta, I, you gotta get to where you're miserable. No, don't don't. I got the lyrics are pretty worry. heavy. <laughs> It'll get real. Yep. First not, track on that. It's not a love. Yeah. It's not a love song. It's more <laughs> of a crier. This is the first song. We really just want to set the tone. <laughs> set the tone early. I mean, like, in thinking about some of Peter Cadis's best albums, like Boxer, like, fuck. There's yeah. some really fucking awesome, beautiful, sad-as-fuck songs mm-hmm. on, on that record. And I'm also going to sing the whole th- the whole record in a baritone. <laughs> Get that Peter Cadis sound? Yeah. I know. I, do, I think I want the record to be, like, short and sweet. Like, 10, 11 songs top. Like, mm. just get, you know... Here, boom! There you go. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. Like, what else? I was gonna ask if you had any fun working titles, but sounds like you had the most fun working title. <laughs> any other notable songs kicking around? I've this always moment? wanted to call a record a ripper. So it's like Get Up Kids release a ripper, <laughs> but I think that's probably stupid. Banger. A banger. That's another good one. Slapper. We already had Kicker, so maybe. Yeah, I guess that's true. Kicker's a good. We should have called the record Kicker. Usually they come out of out of sort of thin air. Like something right home about was my my I was on the phone with my mom telling her all these crazy stories that were happening in L.A. She said, "Well, I guess you'll have something right home about." I'm like, "Oh man, that that's perfect." <laughs> yeah, but, but both that one and On a Wire ended up being like eh. no, guilt guilt then, show. Then, like, was eh. a funny. It's just kind of like, eh, well. We need to have it titled by today, so if nobody comes up with anything better, then it's going to be Guilt called show. something to write home about. Guilt shows that Rob was driving by this church in Eudora, and it was like annual quilt show, <laughs> and he thought it said annual guilt show. It's like a Catholic church. Like, I mean, that would funny. be pretty appropriate for yeah. a Catholic church. <clears throat> it's funny. And then, yeah, I still don't like the name There Are Rules. I got outvoted on that one. Who was really riding for There Are Rules? I don't know. These turkeys. <laughs> <clears throat> it's unimportant. So next question, please. <laughs> and you're thinking like early next year for the album? Uh, I think we're looking at April at some point. April. Right? 
Let's hope. Ish. And polyvinyl. Yep. I mean, we'll probably get the record back about three times, but you need to make these changes or mm-hmm. we won't release it. Yeah, That's how labels are. They're notes. <laughs> Got to send it up to the suits at corporate. <laughs> and then they give us their input. On the 40th floor <laughs> of polyvinyl. I don't hear a hit. You need do to do it. it. You need two covers. <laughs> do it again. As they're smoking cigars. You know, that makes me think, because I really wanted to ask you guys about the dynamic of having two singer-songwriters in a band, because a, a lot of times <laughs> you, you get to these instances where there can only be one lead single, or you're doing a special performance, and you can only do one song. you got to pick someone's. Like, how do you guys navigate that? Mm, it's never... It's not often an issue. Like... <clears throat> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm always in favor of pushing his stuff because that just means I don't have to sing as much at the shows. Um, <laughs> I think but, I don't know. Like, do egos get into that? Like, or how do I don't, you fight honestly, that? Honestly, we've never really had a single in the sense of like we're pushing the single to radio. We sort of like haphazardly have gotten radio play or mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, I don't know. Just I'm I'm indifferent. I just want the the best music out there you know i don't kind of indifferent i don't have that big of an ego matt do you have an ego (laughs) um yeah it it works you know what the thing is though it's not just two songwriters it's like five so it's it's very much like (laughs) like we're kind of having this in this last batch of songwriting where it's just sort of like even if i brought in a totally done song it's not done until everybody in the band can like their, I think, I think some it, people you know? want to put their stamp on it, even if it doesn't need their stamp. Mm-hmm. It's like, I got to put my stamp on it. But that's what makes it a Get Up Kids song as opposed to one of our other other projects. Like, you know, James brings in stuff and it's like, sounds like Reggie. Everything he writes sounds like Reggie. But, you know, then we can take it and, you know, twist it around. But it, it's, I mean, we, it's it's a bit of a battle, but it's not, it doesn't end up, I don't think it's an ego thing. But... Maybe less so as you guys get older, because I mean the band is split up sometimes. I'm sure had its share of disagreements. Maybe you guys are just a lot more well adjusted now than you were when you were doing like oh, promoting something to home write home about. I mean, we still fight all the time, and we make fun of it. We pick on each other all the time, but we, I think we have a better idea of where the line is and try not to cross it unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, as far as so it's a lot like family in that sense. And it's kind of like I found with everyone in the band, if you let them do what they're good at, like if you let like Ryan and Rob come up with the groove and you let James come up with like uh, songwriting, like he'll come up with like good like harmonies and stuff like that. Like he can arrange things and um, and then it all kind of, it all kind of works. If I'm the one going like, no, the drum should go like this, then it's just like, I'm not a drummer. I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. So I hope that answered your question. I'm not sure if it did. You guys should let James do the album art. That's the worst <clears throat> idea. <I've> <laughs> It'll be like a chicken eating well, a chili what's, dog. What's his clown? That <laughs> Boozy the clown. He's got tattooed on his leg. It's like this hand-drawn clown with a bottle of hooch. James Brain works in very mysterious ways. Mm. Do you think you guys, since like the early days of the band, the early EPs, the first album or two, you guys all started to 
split up and do different projects. I mean, James toured with My Chemical Romance, you know, Rob Pope playing with Spoon. Do you think getting those experiences with other, like, established bands kind of helped mature you guys when you have your dynamic together in the uh, studio? I think our... I don't know that that... I think that, like, playing with other people ultimately makes you a better songwriter and performer that you can then bring back to it. I think a lot of our um, dynamic, just amongst the five of us, was forged pretty early on. And so no matter what, if it's just like, if James will come back and be like, well, we, in my chem we did this, we'd go, yeah, in my chem we did this. we just like make fun of him about <laughs> it. She's like, well, this isn't my chem, dude. And uh, I think our dynamic also is that in we were friends for so long. Like I, like Rob and I were in first grade together. So there was like, I was friends with like the Pope brothers before we ever played music together. And so there's, sort of those relationships intertwined as opposed to hello for fellow musician here's a well yeah and all those all those skills of being on tour and being in the studio we all learned at the same time like it's not like one of us went out and learned how to be a touring musician and all right guys and here's how you do it here's how we do it so thinking back knowing what you know now if you could give yourself then advice like what would you tell yourself? Say like tell your like save, maybe save money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Save your money. I'm thinking like maybe like right after like Four Minute Mile came out when you were starting to get some attention from labels and things were just blowing up and you guys were like 18, 19. I'm, like, what I'm would a, you tell? I'm them? not gonna say we shouldn't have put out Honor Wire when we put out Honor Wire, but there are definitely times where it's like maybe we could have played the game a little more than we did it. What does that mean? Meaning like. Ellis said it best. Ellis was our booking agent. He was like, you need to spoon feed these kids a little bit. <laughs> He's like, you can't just go out and do a 180 on them and expect them to go along for the ride. And we we're like, nah, they're all listening to Wilco now. They all know what's going on. <laughs> and then turns out they weren't. And <laughs> it was just, just you know. And now that's like everybody's music, like, I love that record. And the like, music yeah, industry you, is, yeah, we always laugh at our crowd when they're like excited. Like you weren't clapping in 2002. But uh I don't know. A lot of music industry in general is hindsight. Mm-hmm. Is twenty twenty about at the same decisions? Time, I think having making those decisions and deciding to do something creative and taking a chance, and whether that chance succeeds or fails, establishes that like a we're not going to be a cookie cutter of ourselves our entire lives, and that b like we are doing this for ourselves first. And you know what I mean? Like it has to make us happy in order for us to do it because. For better or for worse, we can't seem to fake it. And the times that we've kind of faked it, like when we had broken up but then still went on tour, and even our manager was like, you guys suck tonight. (laughs) Like, yeah, who cares, you know? That was like guilt show? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I had something important to say, and I forgot, but... About how bad you sounded that night. No, just... We, I don't know. It okay. is it is what it is. <laughs> I think it's ultimately like it has has led to a lot of us still having a career now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I know what I was I was going to try to say. I think like when our band started becoming successful, like you have, you have to imagine when we started emo music or whatever that was. I mean, like think of like bands like The Promise Ring or something like Jawbreaker, whatever they were selling was what 50,000 records or something was like insane like 
and to us, that's about that's how big you get. We get to go to Europe. No, we, it was like ten. We, yeah, even then, like, like we drop out of school. Like Promise Ring sold ten thousand records, that's, but never that's in crazy. our wildest dreams would we think like our music would be on MTV 120 minutes or on, you know, it just wasn't a realistic thing. So it's been it's been a strange like the trajectory of our band. We never really tried to like. Like, okay, this is how you do it. All right, we're going to work the radio single. We're going to do that. Like, that wasn't even in our, our worldview because that's just not what mm. bands. And then, you know, this style of music became popular. And now then people, we got to sound like this if we want to be on MTV. And like, that just wasn't, that just wasn't where we were coming from. And so it sort of dictated our well, entire career, like I guess. At that, at that time, we had gotten sick of like the scene to a certain degree. It was when like, it seemed like there was that whole like early 2000 like feeding frenzy of trying to sign you know every young band who ironed their hair you know and it just it just it didn't I've never ironed my hair just know. I'm going to put that on public record straightened yeah well it but it just it, we were getting more into like we were kind of going backwards at that point like listening to a lot of like Beatles and Kinks and and stuff like that and so it just I don't know. We just did our own thing. Do you think generally, like, steering, steering clear of the major label thing, how do you think of that now? Um, yeah, we kept it real, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you guys had some interest. Uh, back there then. were, the, there were the moments. Joke? We used to make these jokes about how we've never been a professional band because we've never been on a major label. That's not so true, we've just though. been putting out demos for 20 we years. Were, we, were, we're on, we were on a major label in Japan. We were on... I know. I just It's such a funny thing. I just... I, I think that the whole, like... A German... We were on a German major label. So were we? We totally sell out overseas, but... <laughs> uh, no, we had we had interest we're like from actors who labels. only do commercials in Japan. Yeah. We got we wined and dined overseas. a little bit, flown out to L.A., and we almost did sign to a record label called Mojo. Okay. Uh, which is, I don't think, a label anymore. But they, at the time, like Goldfinger was on there, Cherry Pop and Daddies. Real, you know, 90s. You could have gone on tour with Cherry Pop we and Daddies. We could have done it. Uh, <clears throat> let's just think about the name of that band. Yeah, like, that that's, has not that's, aged. That's, that's, I mean, that was weird. That in is not, you, you wouldn't I'm be sure. using that one in this, uh, in this day and age. Uh, oh, I didn't, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> so. Are there other band names? Like, I'm trying to forget it. What was the other big, like, not Boston's, but like the other bad, like, swing revival band? Let's, let's move on. Big, <laughs> oh, big, us, big bad voodoo daddy. You're going to get us just talking shit on people <laughs> that we shouldn't. Trust me, the music industry is not that big. We'll run into whoever we make fun of today at a festival somewhere. Member the horn player, sax player, big bad voodoo daddy going to be in Jersey City tonight? You never know. <laughs> Stranger shit's happened. That Yo, dude talk, from Black you, Veil Brides kept coming on, up you, to us. Did you say? Did you say uh, Mighty Mighty Bostones? He did. Because yeah. there's a funny story we played. I have to tell the story because it's so funny. So we were playing Riot Fest, and James comes out of the a porta potty, and there's a guy like it wasn't a, a porta potty. It was like one of those like trailer. It had stalls. Yeah, it was yeah, like, and yeah. He, and he comes out and says, "Like, hey, they're they're out of toilet paper in there." He thought it was like an attendant, and the guy looks at him and goes. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and it was like the trombonist of Mighty Mighty Boston. He was just standing outside of the bathroom <laughs> wearing a suit. And James thought like he was a... like an attendant to the porta potties. <laughs> oh my God. Good times. Because <laughs> he had that suit on. Yeah. He tricked him. 
That's that's <laughs> straight up. That's how they dress those porta potties. I love that he a... said like I don't give a fuck. It's <laughs> just so pissed. Good times. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It sounds like Mojo wouldn't have been... There were other alternative rock bands there at the time. Yeah, no. Who knows? Who knows? And gold, I mean, yeah, like who knows what the world would, how the world would be different. We wouldn't be on the dark timeline right now. Yeah, and Goldfinger is John Feldman, who's now like a super producer, guy, awesome yeah. producer for huge well, punk bands. Uh, we became really good friends with the A and R guy Eric, who tried to sign us, who's still a good friend of ours. So, uh, yeah, it was just I don't know, it just wasn't meant to be, and here we are now. Do you kind of get the sense that? Because you guys came before a lot of those early 2000s bands where the industry worked for them a little bit better. Like, it was sort of a crash course for you guys and things weren't really set up yet. So yeah. it just wasn't wasn't meant to be. But then you guys uh, put in the I work. A, I have a then... perfect example of the, it was at K-Rock. And they were trying to push on a wire to for like a single. And K-Rock told our manager, you know, if they would have put out a record that sounded just like something to write home about, now we would be playing it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you weren't playing it when we put out, because I think it was like Limp Biscuit and Corn is what they were playing. Like, And Steal My Sunshine. And Steal My Sunshine. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. So that's, there you go. We're just but the one thing step is, ahead, I don't, two I, steps behind. I mean, I didn't, at least for me, and I, I kind of feel like we all felt this way, we weren't like that calculated about it. Like it wasn't like, oh, this is like what we need to do for our career it was just kind of like strictly like creative decisions you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we didn't really think about it in in term i were probably a bit more calculated about stuff now as far not necessarily as far as creatively goes but like like actually about care like, about our career and like, decisions oh, do, you want, do you want to go to <laughs> south by southwest and it's like well no but i will <laughs> if we need to you know like if uh you know, just trying to make decisions like that. But at the time, it was just very much like, and then again, that's why you get into the on a wire thing because you're like, well, everything we've tried so far has worked. Let's try this thing and, and see what happens. And, you know. Yeah, you, you didn't have an obvious commercial plan that you were trying no, to No, not at all. Out. I don't think we've ever had a commercial plan, to be honest. I mean, yes, record label. We're. <laughs> Trying to be company men. We are moving units. Is that what they say? Moving units. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the new EP sounds great. I mean, do you, 
I, I heard a lot of influence from the first couple albums, the first two specifically, and I think a good amount of other people have echoed that too. Were, were you know, Four Minute Mile, the EPs, Something to Write Home About, were those really something you were trying to pull from with the new stuff? Not specifically like that that derivative, but more like just like, like what are you? What are we good at? Like, let's write harmonies, yeah. big choruses, catchy songs. You know, like, that's like, w- let's like work with, <laughs> build on what we, that's what, we are so good at. Yeah. John Reese from Rock from the Crib and mm-hmm. Hot Snakes and Trevor J. He's like, you guys write anthems. Why don't you write more anthems? And I was like, all right. Let's Sounds do good. That. <laughs> and he had a cigar. He goes, see, here's what yeah, we're going to write some anthems, see? So I Google things that rhyme with anthem. <laughs> but yeah, it was just kind of trying to be like, um, it's kind of a like, you know, don't overthink it, you know, keep it simple, stupid kind of thing. And then James is in the corner going, make it faster. <laughs> well, you guys do good with fast songs. Yeah. It was funny because like the song, maybe it was, it, we were like, is it too fast? And now hearing how slow it was when we first were playing it, it's like, Come on, Grandpa, kick it up a notch. I mean, James James part <laughs> does sound really good in there. That was the one I had like written aside. Like this sounds like guilt show. You think maybe it does? Yeah. Hmm. See, I think better this way is the one that sounds like guilt show. It's like more like rock and roll sounding. I like my guitar part on that song. Yes, I know you do, Jim. Real proud of that. <laughs> and I really like guilt show. Like when I first got into you guys, that was the new album. Mm. I was like, I a like that sophomore, record. junior, and then. Like the one you want. That's a great song. Thanks. Man of Conviction to open up the album. That's a fast one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jim. You gonna play Man of Conviction tonight? Sure, I'll have to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, because I, I kind of always wondered why in the shows kind of right after that, a few years after, they were, you guys were playing like one or two songs from Guild Show, and I was like, hmm, maybe they don't like the album for no, some reason. No, it's just you get... I think you get a little bit um, when you have certain songs that like the whole crowd goes crazy for. You can get kind of addicted to that a little bit, hmm. and it makes you kind of like not want to like necessarily take a chance on the stuff that people don't know. And now I feel like we're to a point where, <clears throat> like, we're kind of digging deep. We were playing yeah. Sympathy on this tour. Mm. We're playing Martyr Me. But uh, it's like a lot of those songs. Also, I think just. It's hard to fit into the set that that mm-hmm. work. You know, I don't know. Some songs are better album tracks than than live tracks. Sure, and also like if, if you're just playing every night those songs that get the huge crowd reactions, if you do that for too long, you can go down that path where people just expect the same songs yeah. every right. show, and you're a nostalgia band. And that's yeah. a, and that's and that what we don't we... want to be in a. St- I mean, I appreciate nostalgia. It keeps We're money trying, in my wallet, but trying it's to, not mm-hmm. all I want to do. Well, but. The, the kind of company line is like we're trying to celebrate our past while moving forward. Sure. And not just don't want to be Uncle Rico in mm-hmm. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> like, if the coach had only put me in that big game, <laughs> throw a football over the mountains. If only we were assigned yes. to Mojo. <laughs> what did you guys think of getting a good pitchfork review for Kicker? Well, because they did not like the early stuff. It's always something though with them I don't know, that man. they have to get a dig in. Like they can't. It's fine. I don't. It, but they're just like the whole jumping on the adult emo bandwagon. I was like, that's a that's not a thing. You just made that up. I like reviews that actually <laughs> review the music and not like some sort of 
personal you know what I, I don't know. I well, just think sometimes con- context, the narrative is is important to explain things to readers. I also think also that our most popular record got a two out of ten. So <laughs> there's always always you... like I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like like I thought there are rules. The album the that we put out before, mm-hmm. before this new EP. I mean, it's kind of a weird indie rock, more arty record. It, it's like crazy pedals and not big choruses. But I felt like the, the the hardest part for that, the sell of that record is like our name is on it. Almost as if, if, if it was some other band that just put out this record, it yeah. it would be reviewed completely differently. As opposed to, it's like you we have baggage that comes with the, well, good or bad. People you know? are much more forgiving of us as individuals being experimental than of us as collectively as the Get Up Kids being experimental. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing, that's not good or bad. In terms of like your solo things, yeah, um, that's been my experience anyway. But I don't know. It doesn't stop it's a, us it's making a review. music. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a review. Don't live and die by them. I think Clarity from them got an even lower score than something to write home about. Well, that's just foolish. <laughs> Wonder what foolish got. I probably. I don't think they were a, a oh. entity when Superchunk put out Foolish. What was it like when Rob joined Spoon? Because at that time they were like a hipster-approved big indie rock band. I think they still are. And they this and they still are. Yeah. Uh, he actually joined that band during the period that our band was broken up. Mm-hmm. So it was more just like, "Hey, man, congratulations! That's a good gig." Um, he kind of joined his favorite band. Oh, okay. <laughs> we were all, we were all big Spoon fans, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's been in that band for like ten years now. Yeah, it's 10 crazy. Or Eleven years. Yeah. Just you know, good for him. Mm-hmm. It's a scheduling. It's difficult for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you can't. You know, it's like talking to Dan about Skiba being in Blink One Eighty Two. It's just like, well, you can't like be pissed at him. Like it's like that's an amazing opportunity. Did you, 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 know? you chat like, with him about that recently? Oh yeah, we talked about it all the time. He and I went on tour together last year. Oh cool, that's right. And Alkaline Trio is doing Riot Fest, so they're doing yeah, some... Yeah, they're doing a whole U.S. tour. Yeah, they, yeah, you're right. They are. So, good for them. Yeah. In in everything, like with balancing, like, because you have families. Mm-hmm. Don't you have a geology degree? Aren't you doing I geology? I do. I have a degree in geology. I've, I'm not using my degree. I was working for USGS for a bit and then quit to go on tour with the Get Up Kids. And now I work for a nonprofit called Steps of Faith, and we get... Uh, prosthetic limbs to amputees who don't have insurance or underinsured but uh the guy who kind of helped start that organization my friend billy he was a drummer of a band uh blackpool lights that i played in after get up kids he lost his leg to cancer and he was a a drummer he was living in nashville and uh yeah started this so since he's a you know he's a musician he's like go Mm -hmm. on tour when you go on tour i've been working a little bit on the road but it's it's hard to find a job that I can have when I'm home and and go. Hey, I'm gonna be gone for two months. Well, that job sounds so seriously it. awesome. That's it's well, incredible. It's, that's it's, an, a, it's another it's level job, of scheduling yeah. too that we have to deal with because yeah. like he he's their big event, their big fundraising events like in November. So he's like, I can't do. Jim's like, I can't do anything in October because yeah. it's like I need that whole month off. It's, it's called Thunder Gong. If you're in <clears> Kansas City, we did it last year. Jason Sudeikis hosted it with uh, Fred Armisen and Will Forte. It was like a rock and roll show. Winona Judd sang last year. Her husband, Cactus, is on our board of directors. He's an amputee. He lost his leg in a motorcycle accident. 
and uh yeah, cr- there's crazy stories, but it's awesome. We've we help a lot of people. We That's help a good undocumented people. Like we just we'll help anybody. We just want to get people walking. Cool. So there you go. There's my plug. Steps. Of yeah, faith. we'll, and we'll link. We'll link to it in the yeah. description of the show for sure. Cool. But, but yeah, well, yeah. But I can tell you about rocks though too. What is so igneous, sedimentary, oh, yeah. and metamorphic? That's it. Good job. That's all you need to know. Which which is the best kind? You just need to know which kind give you oil. And gas, right? <laughs> fracking? Come on. That was holding. It was a fracking joke. Oh, okay. I'm okay. kidding. You don't need. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, though. It's, sedim- was, it's so sedimentary a- rock, by the way, if you're looking, <laughs> oh, yeah, that- for, if you're looking for oil. <laughs> that was such a bad, I was, I was, a bad dad joke. It was completely <laughs> over his head. <laughs> now tell me about the rocks. No, I, you have I love geology. Back. I love geology. I just don't. I. I you know, if I would have gotten a, a job full time doing that, I wouldn't be here right now. So it's, but I'm glad I have a degree. I graduated cum laude, so I did mm-hmm. pretty good. He's the only it. member of the band that has a college degree, and I let them know that all, all the time, the goddamn time. And he's using it all every day, <laughs> talking about what formations were passing by. And I love in it. I nerd out. They get sick of hearing about it. Like, look at those folds. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there's a lot, and there's a lot. Look of, at that uplift. There's a lot of dad jokes to be had with that. Like you went from one kind of rock to another kind of rock. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. I was thinking along those lines that there's plenty of plenty of dad jokes to be. To That's be almost as clever as when people call us like "get up men," <laughs> which happens. They all say, or they'd say when Fall we Fallout Boy gets that when they release. Like I always just say, if the Beach Boys can still be boys, then <laughs> Sonic Youth, well, they broke up. That's a oh bad god! Example. Do you remember that? I had this thought the other day because we played. I played in uh, Bloomington, Indiana, and we played at this guy's house in Bloomington, Indiana, and we slept on his on his floor. And when he wanted to go to work, he came in there and he went, "Get up, kids up, get out of my house." And I just I thought that was <laughs> everybody's always stuck it's a comedian. I don't even knew that. Everyone is. So, so go Royals. Uh, go check out Kicker. Go go um go Peter Cadis, mm-hmm. go sad piano song leading off first track on the no, new I album. Doubt, I doubt it's gonna be the first song. <laughs> people, it sounds like people will know it when they hear it, though. They'll yeah, know, they'll know it. Yeah, you can't miss it. Anything else, guys? Uh, when's this come out? Uh, within a couple weeks. Cool. Uh, not much. I mean, we might have some dates that get announced by the time this comes out. Um, check the internet right we might be playing some shows some okay. people weren't very okay. happy that we weren't playing a few places on this yeah tour. they got kind of bitchy about it online and so all you angry internet people I, i'm not gonna buy their ep because they're not coming to the midwest and it's like of course we're gonna go to the fucking midwest <laughs> we're gonna do they're not US. playing scranton i'm over no, this it wasn't band that bad it was it was just like <laughs> what do you mean you're not coming to chicago and i'm like yeah we're gonna do a whole u.s tour and not play in chicago <laughs> Just chill the fuck out. So the get-up kids still love the Midwest. Good to know. Of course. We love everybody. Yeah, that's it. That was the show. Uh, I, I threw a link to Jim's organization, the one he mentioned towards the end of the episode there. I threw a link to that in the description. Check that out. Sounds like they're doing some really, really excellent work there. 
And if you liked the show, we've got a bunch of other interviews in the archives of other artists I've spoken to who I think you'd be into if you sought out this interview with the Get Up Kids. Had Me Without You a few months back, uh, The Wonder Years, Under Oath, Nothing Nowhere. So to find those and a bunch of others, search for hashtag alternative facts, all one word, no spaces. Search for that in iTunes or the podcast app your phone. Find those there. And to keep up with all things on the show and all things that I'm doing in my life covering music for Billboard, give me a follow on Twitter at cpainonaplane. That's uh, at C-P-A-Y-N-E-O-N-A-P-L-A-N-E. C-Pain-On-A-Plane. Find me there. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got for you guys. As always, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.